the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle is from Galatians chapters 5 and 6. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, what is the church's stance and attitude towards sin? To be a little more specific, what is your stance and what is your attitude towards the sin in the life of another Christian? Should you chase down every single sinning Christian you can find and drop that hammer on them? You know, let them have it by blasting them with the Ten Commandments. And then as they say, drop that mic and walk away knowing that you have called them out, that you have put them in their place. On the other hand, perhaps you should turn a blind eye to sinning Christians while pretending that that sin does not exist. You know, simply sweep them under the rug with their sin. Or maybe you could excuse their sin away by making the person a victim and then blame some oppressive system as the cause of the individual's sin. In the meantime, leaving the individual in a poor victim status, wallowing in their sin. There's a fourth option, though, and that is this. You could always go to them to help. Yes, instead of staying at a distance, you could go to the sinning person one-on-one to restore them. And what about the church's attitude? Yes, the attitude towards people who are sinning. That is to say, what should your attitude be towards a fellow Christian brother or sister who is caught red-handed in their sin? Should you laugh and clap your hands with delight because they have been finally exposed in their sin? On the other hand, perhaps you could maniacally indulge in the drama that their sin has produced, knowing that you will have something to gossip about. 
Or should you coldly document their sin to write it down, to put it in the catalog, to use it at some future point to accuse and to bite and attack? Or maybe you could drop your head and weep for them, saying, Lord, have mercy on all of us. In today's epistle reading from Galatians, we Christians are admonished by the Apostle Paul to do the latter. Indeed, we are called to go to Christian friends and Christian family members when they are caught in sin, and as we go to them, we are to go with gentleness and compassion. Yes, we are to be gentle, and we are to be compassionate. We are to have sympathy upon sinners, for we ourselves are sinners too. But you may be thinking to yourself that all of this sounds a little too mushy for you. It sounds like that we might be trying to go down that road of letting people off the hook. And it sounds awfully like that empty love wind slogan that rolls smoothly off the tongues of celebrities and entertainers these days. But we must understand that the Apostle Paul is not talking about individuals who sin on purpose. And he's not talking about working against God's word. Paul is not talking about hardened and wicked people who have spit in the face of the church, rejected God's law, and cursed the name of Christ. He is not talking about these individuals. You see, as we know from Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, a person who sins is to be confronted with his sin in a loving, private conversation. And if he repents, we can rejoice. He is won over. However, if he fails to acknowledge his sin, well, he then needs to be talked to again in private with a witness, a third-party person. And if there is still no success with a witness present, his sin is to be told to the church publicly, and if he continues in his hardness after the church has been notified, well, Jesus says to treat him with firmness and to regard him as a pagan or a tax collector. In other words, when people have hardened hearts and have refused to repent of their sins, the attitude of meekness and gentleness no longer applies to them. A hardened heart does not need kid gloves, but the hammer and thunder of Mount Sinai. My friends, pearls are not thrown to swine. But this is not who Paul is talking about in our epistle reading from Galatians. Paul is not talking about these hardened individuals, these people who have antagonistic hearts of sin. But rather he is talking about Christians who sin in weakness. Paul is talking about Christians who have fallen into sin due to their weakness or their lack of caution. These are individuals who are caught and ensnared, and maybe even trapped in sin without even knowing it. Yes, these weak Christians are not to be treated with harshness, but with gentleness and compassion. You see, we neither slap the pagan label upon them, nor treat them like an outsider, but we assume that they have been overpowered and ensnared in temptation. You see, my friends, this world is slippery. No doubt about it, the world is slippery. The devil is also sly. 
and we Christians can fall quickly into sin. For this reason, Paul calls you to have sympathy for other Christians. Indeed, a godly Christian has sympathy with sinners and does not delight in digging through their sin. A godly Christian does not press their ear close to that grapevine to gather that dirt on someone else to knock them down with condemnation. Christians, yes, Christians do not collect sin as a way to enact vengeance upon other Christians, but rather they go to them, those who are weak, those who have been ensnared, to help redeem them from their sin. You see, my friends, if you find joy in hearing about the sins of your fellow Christian brothers and sisters, and then you exaggerate their faults, vilify them, talk behind their back, destruct their reputation, and pass the judgment of hell upon them, well, tragically, you're doing the work of Satan. Tragically, more often than not, when we hear the sins of other Christians, we place ourselves right alongside of them by not restoring them with gentleness and compassion. See, dear friends, when our brothers and sisters in the Christian faith fall into sin, we must watch ourselves so that we might not be tempted to sin ourselves. Indeed, it is so easy to hear about the sin one moment and in the next be breaking the Eighth Commandment by assassinating another person's character. We do it almost instantaneously and often without realizing it. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on all of us. Lord, have mercy on me and you too. Now, dear friends, when our brothers and sisters sin, we must first of all cry ourselves because we have either fallen into the same sin before or can fall in ways that are very similar to their sin. Indeed, we must always remember that we are sinners ourselves. We are always beggars before God. Now, after remembering that we are sinners, we go by God's grace to our sinning brother or sister, and we point out their sin as well. We do not do this so that there might be some sort of vengeance enacted upon them, upon them, but rather we do this so that there might be a confession of sin and forgiveness of sins applied in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Indeed, we go to restore them gently. Restoring them is calling them back and loving them as a fellow member of the church. Restoring them is helping them to face the reality and not allowing them quietly to slip away from us or from the truth. You see, if we do not restore our brothers and sisters from sin, the sin will ultimately prove deadly to them. And more often than not, that sin can damage the whole congregation as well. All of this, my friends, is the nature of the church. It's what it looks like to be guided by the Holy Spirit. That is to say, we do not excuse sin as a church and as Christians. We do not diminish sin, and we do not celebrate sin. For that is about the most uncompassionate, rude, and hateful thing a Christian could do to another Christian. How could we leave a fellow Christian abandoned in the ditch of their sin? How could we leave a fellow Christian ensnared in the trap of sin? Furthermore, 
We do not use sin of another Christian to torpedo their reputation behind their back while chuckling in our own self-righteousness. But rather, we Christians, we go to the person with the hope of redemption, the hope of restoration, the hope of healing, the hope and the desire of forgiveness in Christ. We go in the spirit of humility to restore them and possibly bear that heavy burden with them as well, stepping under it with them, holding them up together in the name of Jesus. Now, if you think about this, this is exactly what Christ Jesus has done for you and for me. This is love, my friends. Christ Jesus did not leave us caught in our sins. He did not excuse our sin. He did not diminish our sins, and he did not celebrate our sins. For if he had, yes, if he had, he would not have gone to the cross. And if he had not gone to the cross, he would then leave us left in our sins. And if we were left in our sins, we would be left in our damnation. But because of his great love for us and his profound mercy, Jesus could not leave us in the ditch of our sins, but was compelled to the cross in love to do something about it. Dear baptized saints, while we were yet sinners, Christ came for us and died for us. While you were yet a sinner, while I was yet a sinner, he came for you and for me. He could not leave us in the condemnation of our sin. And so you and I, being led by the Holy Spirit through the word and sacraments, are given these holy impulses to walk in this same fashion. That is right. We beat our chest together and we confess our sins. We lament at the sins of those around us and by sheer and total 100% grace, we go in humility to those caught in sin for their restoration. Restoration that not only they need, but that we need as well. Restoration that is freely given to us in Christ. Restoration that has been fully accomplished in Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richards' blog at www pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org The Lord bless and keep you.